Welcome to the show, everybody. This is your boy, Lo Jackson, coming to you live with the Only You Podcast, where we like to talk about books that are uplifting, cool, real, down-to-earth, and we like to talk about things like coping skills. We like to talk about neuroplasticity sometimes. We like to talk about all kinds of different things, and today I want to share with you a book called The Prophet. Have you ever heard of it? By Cahill Gibran. It was uh, first published in 1923. And uh, Mr. Uh, Gibran, you know, he was actually born January 6th, 1883. Unfortunately, passed away on April 10th, 1931. Usually referred to in English as Cahill Gibran was a Lebanese-American writer, poet, and visual artist, also considered a philosopher, although he himself rejected the, the title. He is best known as the author of The Prophet, which that's what we're going to be reading today, which was first published in the United States in 1923 and has since become one of the best-selling books of all times, you guys. And that's coming from Wikipedia, so that's, dude, that's legit. Um... It's uh, been translated into more than 100 languages. So this is a definite read. Um, I would say uh, rush right out and grab it. You can find it for free. It's it's a it's a the book's the bomb, man. You know he was born in a village. Uh, Cahil Gibran. He was born in a village of the Ottoman rule, mounted Lebanon, to a Marianite family. The young Gibran immigrated with his mother and siblings to the United States in 1895. As his mother worked as a seamstress, he was enrolled at a school in Boston, where his creative abilities were quickly noticed by a teacher who presented him to photographer and publisher F. Holland Day. Gibran was set, excuse me, Gibran was sent back to his native land by his family at age 15 to enroll in the College of De La Sagese in Beirut. Returning to Boston upon his youngest sister's death in 1902, how unfortunate, he lost his older half-brother and his mother the following year. Seemingly relying afterwards on his remaining sister's income from her work at a dressmaker shop for some time. In 1904, Gibran's drawings were displayed for the first time at Day's studio in Boston. And his first book in Arabic was published in 1905 in New York City. With the financial help of a newly met benefactor, Mary Haskett, Gibran studied art in Paris from 1908 to 1910. While there, he came in contact with Syrian political thinkers promoting rebellion in Ottoman Syria after the Young Turk Revolution. Some of Gibran's writings voicing the same ideas as well as anti-clericalism would eventually be banned by the Ottoman authorities. In 1911, Gibran settled in New York where his first book in English, The Madman, would be published by Alfred A. Knopp. In 1918, 
the writing of the prophet, which that's what we're going to be going over today, or the earth gods also underway. His visual artwork was shown at Montrose Gallery in 1914 and at the galleries of M. Condoler and Company in 1917. He had also been corresponding remarkably with May Zahoy since 1912. And in 1920, Gibran refounded the Pen League with fellow Mihari poets. By the time of his death, and uh, I want to share this with you, what uh, the Mihari uh, poet poets is, is uh, Mihari is one of its more literal meanings, being the Arab uh, dysphoria was a literary move. Excuse me, a literary movement uh, started by Arabic-speaking writers who had immigrated to America. I just thought I'd share that with you. It was kind of important to know. I thought. Um, thank you for listening. This is the Only You podcast. It's your boy Lo Jackson, and today we are re- we're going over a book by Cahil Gibran, The Prophet. Thank you for listening and thank you for sharing me, everybody. Um, By the time of his death at the age of 48 from cirrhosis, oh, he must have been a big drinker, and uh, cirrhosis of the liver, I was, and and septent tuberculosis in one lung. Ooh, yikes, he had tuberculosis. Not good. He had uh, achieved literary fame on both sides of the Atlantic Ocean, and the prophet had already been translated into German and French by this time. His body was transferred to his birth village in Lebanon. So, thank you for listening, and chapter one is The Coming of the Ship. And thank you guys for listening. This is so good, and I'm glad you're listening. Thank you for tuning in. Al-Mustafa, the Chosen and the Beloved, who was a dawn unto his own day, had waited twelve years in the city of Ophelis for his ship that was to return and bear him back to the isle of his birth. And in the twelfth year of the seventeenth day of Eklul, the month of reaping, he climbed the hill without the city walls and looked seaward, and he beheld his ship coming with the mist. Then the gates of his heart were flung open, and his joy flew far over the sea, and he closed his eyes and prayed in the silence of his soul. But as he descended the hill, a sadness came upon him, and he thought in his heart, How shall I go in peace and without sorrow? Nay, not without a wound and spirit shall I leave this city. Long with the days of pain I have spent within its walls, and long with the nights of loneliness. And who can depart from his pain and his loneliness without regret? I think we've all been there. Too many fragments of the spirit have I scattered in these streets, and too many 
are the children of my longing that walk naked among these hills. I cannot withdraw from them without a burden and an ache. It is not a garment I cast off this day, but a skin that I tear with my own hands. Nor is it a thought I leave behind, but a heart made sweet with hunger and with thirst. Yet I cannot tarry longer. The sea that calls all the things unto her calls me, and I must embark. For I stay, though the hours burn in the night, is to freeze and crystallize and be bound in the, a mold. Fain would I take with me all that is here, but how shall I? I, A voice cannot carry the tongue and the lips that give it wings. Alone must it seek the ether. Alone and without his nest shall the eagle fly across the sun. Now when he reached the foot of the hill, he turned again towards the sea, and he saw his ship approaching the harbor, and upon his prow, the mariners, the men of his own land. And his soul cried out to them, and he said, Sons of my ancient mother, you rioters of the tides, how often you sailed in my dreams, and now you come in my awakening, which is my deeper dream. Ready, I am to go, and my eagerness with the sails full set awaits the wind. And another breath will I breathe in the stir air. Only another love look cast backward, and then I shall stand among you, a seafarer among seafarers, and you, vast sea sleeping mother, who alone are peace and freedom to the river and the stream, and another winding with the stream make only another murmur in this glade, and then I shall come to you, a boundless drop to a boundless ocean. And as he walked, he saw from afar men and women leaving their fields and their vineyards and hasting towards the city gates. And he heard their voices calling his name and shouting from field to field, telling one another of the coming of his ship. And he said to himself, Shall the day of parting be the day of gathering? And shall it be said that my eve was in truth my dawn? And what shall I give unto him who has left his plow in mid-furrow or to him who has stopped the wheel of his winepress. Shall my heart become a tree heavy laden with fruit that I may gather and give unto them? And shall my desire flow like a fountain that I may fill their cups? Am I a harp that the hand of the mighty may touch me? A flute that his breath may pass through me? A seeker of silence I am and what treasure have I found in silences that I dispense with confidence? If this is my day of harvest, in what fields have I sowed the seed? And in what unremembered seasons? If this indeed be the hour in which I lift my lantern, 
It is not my flame that shall burn therein. Empty and dark shall I raise my lantern, and the guardian of the night shall fill it with oil, and he shall light it also. These things he said in words, but much in his heart remained unsaid, for he himself could not speak his deeper secret. And when he entered into the city, all the people came to meet him, and they were crying out to him as he, excuse me, crying out, to him as with one voice. And the elders of the city stood forth and said, Go not ye away from us. The noontide have you been in our twilight, and your youth has given us dreams to dream. No stranger are you among us, nor a guest, but our son and our dearly beloved. Suffer not yet our eyes to hunger for your face. And the priest and the priestess said unto him, Let not the waves of the sea separate us now, and the years have spent in our midst become a memory. You have walked among us a spirit, and your shadow has been a light upon our faces. Much have we loved you, but speechless was our love, with vials has it been viled. Yet now it cries aloud unto you, and would stand revealed before you. And ever has it been the love knows not its own depth unto, until the hour of separation. And others came also and entreated him. But he answered them not. He only bent his head, and those who stood near saw his tears fall upon his breast. And he and the people proceeded towards the great square before the temple. And there came out of the sanctuary a woman whose name was Almitra. And she was a seeress. And he looked upon her with exceeding tenderness, for it was she who had first sought and believed in him when he had been but a day in their city. And she hailed him, saying, Prophet of God and quest of the utmost, long have you searched this distance for your ship, and now your ship has come, and you, mu you must needs go. Deep in your longing for the land of your memories and the dwelling place of your greater desires and our love would not bind you, nor our needs hold you. Yet this we ask ere you leave us, that you speak to us and give us of your truth, and we will give it unto our children and they unto their children, and it shall not perish. In your loneliness, you have watched with our days, and in your wakefulness, you have listened to the weeping and the laughter of our sleep. Now therefore, disclose us to ourselves, and tell us all that has been shown you of that which is between birth and death.
And he answered, People, Orphales, excuse me, people of Orphales, and what can I speak save of that which is even now moving within your souls? Thank you guys for listening. This is the Only You Podcast. And today we're going over a book called The Prophet by Cahill Gibron. It was published in 1923. And this is the second season of the Only You Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. The next chapter in this book is called Love. And can you feel the words or the wordage in this book? It's so deep and meaningful. It's I just love the writer's... Um, just You can just tell that he's diverse all the way around. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful writing all the way around. I give it a five-star review. Get out there and get it and read it and love it. Then said Almitra, speak us of love. And he raised his head and looked upon the people, and there fell a stillness upon them. And with a great voice he said, when love beckons to you, follow him. Though his ways are hard and steep, and when his wings and fold you yield to him though the sword hidden among his pinions may wound you and when he speaks to you believe in him though his voice may shatter your dreams as the north wind lays west the garden for as love crowns you shall he crucify you even as he is for your growth so is he for your pruning. Even as he ascends to your height and caresses your tenderest branches that quiver in the sun, so shall descend to your roots and shake them and their clinging to the earth. Like sheaves of corn he gathers you unto himself. He threshes you to make you naked. He sifts you to free you from your husks. He grinds you to whiteness. He kneads you until you are pliant. And then he assigns you to his sacrifice fire. And then you may become sacrificed bread for God's sacrifice feast. Hallelujah. All these things shall love do unto you that you may know the secrets of your heart and that knowledge become a fragrant of life's heart. But if in your fear you would seek only love's peace and love's pleasure, then it is better for you that you cover your nakedness and pass out of love's threshing floor. Into the seasonless world where you shall laugh, but not all your laughter, and weep, but not all your tears. Love gives naught but itself and takes naught but from itself. Love possesses nor would it be possessed. For love is sufficient unto love. When you love, you should not say, God is in my heart, but rather, I am in the heart of God. And think... Not you direct the course of love, for love, if it finds you worthy, directs your course. Love has not, excuse me, love has no other desire but to fulfill itself. But if you love, 
and must needs have desires. Let these be your desires. To melt and be like a running brook that sings its melody to the night. To know the pain of too much tenderness. To be wounded by your own understanding of love. And to bleed willing and joyfully. To wake at dawn with winged heart and give thanks for another day of loving. To rest at noon hour and meditate love's ecstasy. To return home at eventide with gratitude and then to sleep with a prayer for the beloved in your heart and a song of praise upon your lips. Next chapter, Marriage. The Almanatra spoke again and said, And what of marriage, Master? And he answered, saying, You were born together, and together you shall be evermore. You shall be together when the white wings of death scatter your days. A you shall be together even in the silent memory of God. But let there be spaces in your togetherness. And let the winds of the heavens dance between you. Love one another, but make not a bond of love. Let it rather be moving sea between the shores of your souls. Fill each other's cups, but not drink from one cup. Give one another of your bread, but eat not from the same loaf. Sing the dance together and be joyous, but let each one, you, be alone. Even as strings of a lute are alone, though they quiver with the same music. Give your hearts, but not into each other's keeping. For only the hands of life can contain your hearts, and stand together yet not near together. For the pillars of the temple stand apart. And the oak tree and the cypress grow not into each other's shadow. And a woman who held a baby against her bosom said, Speak to us of children. And the next chapter is children. And he said, Your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. And though they are with you, yet they belong not to you. You may give them your love, but not your thoughts. For they have their own thoughts. You may house their bodies, but not their souls. For their souls dwell in the house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. You may strive to be like them. But seek not to make them like you. For life goes not backward, nor tarries with yesterday. You are the bow, excuse me, you are the bows from which your children, as living arrows, are sent forth. The archer sees the mark upon the path of the infinite, and he bends you with his might, that his arrows may go swift and far. 
let your bending in the archer's hand be for gladness. For even as he loves the arrow that flies, so he loves also the bow that is stable. Giving is the next chapter. Then said the rich man, Speak to us of giving. And he answered, You give but little when you give of your possessions. It is when you give of yourself that you truly give. For what are your possessions but things you Keep and guard for fear you may need them tomorrow. And tomorrow, what shall tomorrow bring to the overpundant dog bearing bones into the trackless sand as he follows the pilgrims to the holy city? And what is fear of need but need itself? Is not dread of thirst when your well is full, the thirst that is unquenchable? There are those who give little of the much which they have, and they give it for recognition, and their hidden desire makes their gifts unwholesome. And there are those who have little and give it all. These are the believers in life and the bounty of life, and their coffer never empty. There are those who give with joy, and, the, and that give is their reward. And there are those who give with pain, and that pain is their baptism. And there are those give and know not pain is giving. And there are those who, who give and know not pain is giving, nor do they seek joy nor give with mindfulness of virtue. They give as in yonder valley of myrtle breaths its fragrance into space, through the hands of such as these gods speaks, and from behind their eyes he smiles upon the earth. It is well to give when asked, but it is better to give unasked, though understanding. And to open-handed the search of one who shall receive is joy greater than giving. And is there aught you would withhold? All you have shall someday be given. Therefore give now, the season of giving may be yours and not your inheritors. You often say, I would give, but only to the deserving. The tree in your orchard say not so, nor the flocks in your pasture. They give the they give that they may live, for to withhold is to perish. Surely he who were excuse me, surely he who is worthy to receive his days and his nights is worthy of all else from you. And he who has deserved to drink from the ocean of life deserves to fill his cup from your little stream. And I think this is pretty much saying, you know, nobody's better than anybody else. And, and when people start realizing that, life will get better. This is just a really, really 
on-point book and it's so like sophisticated and the wordage in here is just so deep i love it this is the only you podcast your boy low jackson we're in season two here at you podcast today we're doing the prophet by Cahil gibran thank you for tuning in i appreciate it and who are you that men should render their bosom and unveil their pride that you may see their worth naked and their pride unbanished See first that you yourself deserve to be a giver and an instrument of giving. For in truth, it is life that gives unto life, while you who deem yourself a giver are but a witness. And you receivers, and you are all receivers, assume no weight of gratitude, lest you lay a yoke upon yourself and upon him who gives. Rather rise together with the giver on his gifts as on wings. For to be over my excuse me, for to be over mindful of your debt is to doubt his generosity who has the free hearted earth for mother and God for father. Eating and drinking is the next title. Then an old man a keeper of an inn said, Speak to us of eating and drinking. And he said, Would that you could live on the fragrance of earth like an air plant be sustained by the light. But since you must kill to eat and rob the newly born of its mother's milk to quench your thirst, let it then be an act of worship. And let your boards stand an altar on which the pure and the innocent of forest and plain are sacrificed for that which is pure and still more innocent in man. When you kill a beast, say to him in your heart, by the same power that slays you, I too am slain, and too shall be consumed. For the law that delivered you into hand shall deliver into a mightier hand. Your blood and my blood is not but the sap that feeds the tree of heaven. And when you crush an apple with your teeth, say to it your heart, excuse me, say to in your heart, your seed shall live in my body. But Hey, everybody out there, you don't want to eat apple seeds. They have arsenic in them, and arsenic is poisonous, and it will kill you over time. Don't eat apple seeds. And the buds of your tomorrow shall blossom in my heart, and your fragrance shall be my breath. And together we shall rejoice through all the seasons. And in the autumn, when you gather the grapes of your vineyard for the wine press, say in your heart, I too am a vineyard. My fruit shall be gathered for the wine press, and like new wine, I shall be kept in eternal vessels. And in winter, when you draw the wine, let there be in your heart a song for each cup, and let there be in the song a remembrance of the autumn days, and for the vineyard, and for the wine press. And that's just giving thanks and being grateful for what you have, I think. You know, and I mean, a lot of this stuff, I mean, if, if you write this stuff down and you think about it, it's pretty, 
um, self-explanatory. The next chapter is work. Then a plowman said, Speak to us of work. And he answered, saying, You work that you may keep pace with the earth and the soul of the earth. For to be idle is to become a stranger unto the seasons, and to step out of life's procession that marries in majesty and proud submission towards the infinite. When you work, you are a flute through whose heart he whispering of the hours turns to music, which of you would be a reed, dumb and silent. Then all else sings together in unison. Always you have been told that work is a curse and labor a misfortune. But I say to you that when you work, you fulfill a part of earth's fulfill, excuse me. But I say to you that when you work, you fulfill a part of earth's furthest dream as assigned to you when that dream was born. And in keeping yourself with labor, you are in truth loving life. And to love life through labor is to be intimate with life's inmost secret. But if you, in your pain, call birth and affliction, and the support of the flesh a curse written upon your brow, then I answer that not, but the sweat of your brow shall wash away that which is written. You have been told also that life is darkness, and in your weariness you echo what was said by the weary. And I say that life is indeed darkness, save when there is urge. And all urge is blind, save when there is knowledge. And all knowledge is vain when, excuse me, and all knowledge is vain, save when there is work. And all work is empty, save when there is love. And when you work with love, you bind yourself to yourself and to one another, and to God. And what is it to work with love? It is to weave a cloth of threads drawn from your heart, even as your beloved were to wear that cloth. It is to build a house with affection, even as your beloved were to dwell in that house. It is to sow seeds with tenderness and reap the harvest with joy, even as if your beloved were to eat the fruit. Thank you guys for listening today. This is the Only You Podcast. This is your boy, Lo Jackson. And this has been The Prophet by Cahil Gibron. Please tune in later for my next episode. I wanted to include... Before I wound up stopping the pod, I wanted to include some coping skills for when you actually fall in love with someone. And, you know, love is overwhelming. I And I'm only including love because in the book, The Prophet, it talked about love, marriage, children, you know. And I wanted to include, you know, like, what, what you know, how do you deal with it when you fall in love with somebody, you know. And it's like falling in love may cause you to feel 
things you're not used to, like euphoria, anxiety, giddiness, nervousness. You know, if you've uh, been feeling completely out of whack, don't, you know, don't, don't stress. That's normal. These things will become manageable. They'll become uh, manage, manageable as time goes on, if I could talk. Especially uh, if you, you know, work to process, you know, all the feelings and emotions that you're going through. You know, and the first thing would be identify your emotions as they come. Uh, if you're having trouble with this, try journaling. And I journal every day. I got a thought journal by my bedside and a daily journal at my desk. And journaling is one of the greatest things for a human being because then you can reread, go back, see how far you've come, remember how far you've come. And with, with a negative or overwhelming emotion, um, take note of where you feel them in your body. And that's important because those are traumas. Remember traumas happen in your bodies and you know, you got to be realize that where the feelings are coming from, consider, you know, what thought brought the feeling on. Um, don't shut down, excuse me, don't shut the emotion out. That's, uh, very important instead of, you know, um, yeah, I don't know how to explain it, uh, you know, because, like, all feelings are temporary, um, but they can be meaningful, too, by, you know, by noticing your feelings with ju- without judgment, uh, you can process and move past big emotions, if that makes sense. Um, you could talk to a friend, you know, discussions can help you express emotions in healthy ways. It can feel impossible to keep feelings of love to yourself and you shouldn't always have to choose a friend you trust and consider sharing your experiences with them you know because we all have the feeling of love and we want to tell somebody about it and it's like you just got to get it off your chest and when you do it it does make the feeling subside because i mean some people get overwhelming feelings of love that put them in the hospital and uh the third one would be pamper yourself you know while you're processing uh, contemplating emotions, you deserve to feel treated. And that's a normal emotion when you're feeling like you're in love with someone. You're, you, you like do a spa day pretty much when you are feeling like this. Well, females do, you know, sometimes love may make you feel like you're underwater, completely consumed by feelings. You know, by investing time in you, you're sending yourself some important messages that you love yourself, you take care of yourself, um, and you deserve to feel good, you know, no matter what. And, you know, brainstorm activities that, that leave positive lingering feelings. This could be a long run, um, a, a pedicure, or a, or a trip to the park, you know, a walk, by, by yourself um, a treat that, you know, that sparks your joy, get a Starbucks. (laughs) This could be anything from a, you know, a chocolate bar to a bouquet of flowers for yourself, you know, love yourself, you know, this money, you cannot take it with you, spend it on something that's going to bring you joy. And that's getting out of your shell and doing something you like, you know, 
Um, another one is find healthy, fulfilling distractions if you're feeling like you're in love and it's overwhelming. Um, spending time um, thinking about other things can help you also recharge. You know, when you love uh, is constantly on the, oh yeah, when you have love constantly on the brain, you know, it may start to feel exhausting to you if you are struggling to think of anything else, filling your schedule with distracting activities can help. Um, these, uh, time fillers should positively affect your mood and help you turn off your thoughts. So then, you know, you'll obviously be working towards not feeling so overwhelmed by the new love you're feeling, you know, you know, another one's be kind to yourself. Love can affect your self-confidence, you know, but self-love can help you really boost your um, confidence big time. You know, when you're in love, especially if you're worried that the other person may not feel the same, it's so easy to question your value as a person. And we all have done this. Um, you did it in grade school, you know, check yes or no. You remember those days, you know, sending a little note to your little friend over there, you know. You may realize that um, you're blaming another person's uh, feelings on yourself, even though those feelings are completely out of your control. And remember, no one can make you feel anything but you. You're in control of those feelings. So, you know, try incorporating positive affirmations like into your morning routine. You know, I'm enough. You know, when you look in the mirror, I deserve love. I'm beautiful. I'm a giving, caring, kind person. You know, things like that. So, you know, you when you try challenging negative self-talk, which every human being is um, has some sort of self-talk, inside of them you know us humans are the one of the only animals that has that kind of mind where we can have uh, uh self-talk and one that's uh you want to challenge is negative self-talk you know for instance i'm not cool enough they probably don't love me uh could be uh challenged with um i'm worthy of love and i don't know how they feel yet Remember, yet. When you express the word yet and you use the word yet, it lets your mind, you know, feel free, you know, when you use the word yet and in control. And people sense that too when you say yet because it's a, a futuristic word. Um, and, and, and that's true. Um, you may not know how they feel yet, so don't count yourself out and Remember, their feelings don't determine your worth, man. You are way worth more than their feelings or their opinions and stuff like that. You know, because like I said before, you know, we like to overstep our own opinions to validate other people's opinions. Then we wind up crossing our own boundaries and then, you know, a year or two down the road, you're miserable in your relationship. No thanks. Um, another one is when you're in love, you could uh, keep getting to know the person you love. You know, strengthening your connection will help you understand your feelings. Even if you're not quite ready to express how you feel, you can still bond with the person you love. By by getting to know each other better, you'll uh, both gain a more uh, complete sense of how you feel about the other person and how they feel about you, I would assume, you know. Plus, uh, you'll always have a better foundation to build a relationship from, you know, later down the road if, you know, things do turn up. If you're in a relationship, uh, try having a deep conversation, you know, listening to music or making sure you uh, connect 
some cuddling, you know, after you get intimate or whatever, you know, if, if they're a friend, you know, you could try a casual conversation, you know, like a think tank, uh, take a walk and talk when in love, uh, you may feel intensely, uh, curious use this, um, to ask uh, great questions. I would say, um, if you don't know them well, uh, look for chances to ask them about themselves. And, you know, I would, uh, explain more about myself to them, you know, wait, uh, wait on asking them to hang out, um, until you've met, you know, or like till you've kind of seen, you know, met up for coffee or something. <clears throat> um, I, um, another one would be, uh, show the person you love that, uh, you care, you know, you can express love without saying, I love you. If you're, if you are uh, already in a relationship or a friendship, you can help support this person by bringing joy to their life and even explain what you admire about them. You know, if you're in a relationship, give them heartfelt compliments. Um, if this person is just a friend, try brightening their day, uh, or, you know, when you can. Send them silly text messages or, um, you know, something that will definitely make them laugh. Um, another one, when you're having intense love feelings, would be uh, figuring out uh, what you want before you express your love. And that's kind of a hard one for a lot of people because the feeling of love is so overwhelming, you know. But by understanding your own goals, you'll be more likely to find a positive resolution. You won't be so all over the place, you know, um, depending on your relationship context, that is. You know, you may desire a more serious partnership uh with that person or a new or a new romance you or maybe <clears throat> you just want to be sure that you two remain in each other's lives you know so you gotta like kind of set goals for yourself and uh you know and of course depending on what the other person wants your desires may change though in time obviously everyone's does you know consider a few hypothetical things to help you out would um um, if this person feels the way you do, uh, what would I want to happen, you know? Um, another one would, could be, um, I don't know, I'm trying to, uh, would I, would I want our relationship to change? If so, how? That, that'd be one, you know, if this person, maybe, maybe this person doesn't feel the same, and, um. What well, you know? What would I want to happen then? You know, would I want to stay friends? Would I want to keep dating? If this person isn't sure yet, then what then? Yeah, I mean, am I comfortable waiting until they know? If so, how long? You know, and those are questions you always got to ask yourselves when you're deciding to get into a relationship with someone. You know, because in life we date as human beings. When you break up with someone. There are things about that person that rub you raw, that, that are making you, if their voice is annoying you within a year, they're not for you, you know, get out, don't waste your time and don't waste their time, you know, because in life we date to find the person that we can lay with forever and that's marriage and that's what in the book The Prophet talked about um, by Cahil Gibran, this is the only you podcast and right now we're talking about what have, you know, ways to cope with serious love emotions, you know, and another one would be tell the person, <clears throat> um, uh, you love how you feel, you know, <laughs> pretty much, I love you now, 
that's a hard one for a lot of people is to say I love you because that's a serious, serious statement. You know, uh, for the biggest reward, sometimes you have to put yourself out there. You know, you just, it can be terrifying to let somebody know that you're in love with them. That is a real fear, you know, but completely normal. But at the same time, express how you feel or expressing how you feel can be a huge relief. And it's the best way to find out if they feel the same way about you. You know, wait until you're ready, though. Then consider um, your circumstances carefully before you decide to act on or, you know, make make, make actions out of those uh, thoughts, you know? Um, if you're in a relationship, just go from the heart, you know? Uh, the message will speak for itself. I do truly believe that. If the person is a friend, let them know beforehand. Uh, you know, that nothing about your relationship needs to change and that friends are more important to you. You know, if for for someone you don't know well, um, maybe make sure um, they're in a place they feel comfortable when um, <clears throat> and assure them don't expect anything in return. Um, but you need to share that, you know, you're in love with them or whatever, you know. I mean, that would be a hard one, too, if you didn't really know them well and you were just having such... Because some people have their most overwhelming love feelings. It's crazy, yeah. But then again, you know, another one could be give them space. Though it um, can be tough for you, it's important to give them the time they need because people need to process. And sometimes it takes people a very long time especially if it's a friend or a person you don't know you know or even if it's somebody you do know and they don't always have the same exact feelings as you do then it could be like uh well wait a minute you know when you're in love you may want to spend all your time with the other person when you've shared um how you felt especially you may be desperate to hear what they have to say in the end, you know, because I mean, I'm sure as soon as you let it out, you're like, you know, how do you feel? I know that's how I would be. It's so hard to do. Trust me. I know I've been there, but um, you have to respect their time, their space and, you know, what they want from the situation. You can't just ex you can't put expectations on a relationship that you made up in your head, whether it be someone, you know, a friend or someone you don't know that well. And, you know, try turning your phone off for a few hours to help limit the temptation. You know, um, that's something you could do. Um, don't over-text. Um, now is the time to bring back some healthy distractions. You know, uh, start exercising more. Um, get it, uh, Start baking again. You know, or cooking yourself homemade meals instead of eating out. Or hang out with your friends. Um, remember that <clears throat> this is someone you care a lot about. You know, no matter how they may feel, you know, um, folks, giving respect is a part of loving someone and you need to accept that. And it's perfectly normal to give them their time and space, you know, and let them find out what they want from the situation. That's totally normal. Thank you for tuning in to the Only You podcast. And I'm talking about coping skills for serious love emotions. 11 is uh, take extra care when dealing with tricky relationships. And this is these are just some things that I've written down. And um, I want to say that um, when we fall in love, it can be messy and inconvenient at times. I have fell in, I've fallen in love a couple times in my life, and it was like, oh, wow. 
it was like so hard to you know focus on my career and school while I was working a full-time job you know while head over heels in love with somebody it was like the worst it made it you know it made it like falling in love with your boss you know <laughs> another person's partner or you know an older sibling's best friend um that's those are all pretty complicated um inconvenient messed up situations you know and uh usually though when you look there's someone in your life that can help you sort through things you know and that's somebody you always need to take up to because like you know 100 200 years ago counselors and psychiatrists and all these people it was mom and dad grandma and grandpa and those people you know <laughs> uh take some time to find a uh, trustworthy knowledgeable person in your life for you to speak to a close friend may be able to help you decide whether or not you should jeopardize your job for a shot with your boss sheesh man that'd be a rough one and i'm being i'm sure it happens um when you don't feel comfortable reaching out to someone who uh who knows you personally consider speaking with a therapist then you know because i mean if you don't have anybody to turn to and you feel it's like uh you know, pretty personal. I, I mean, I guess, you, yeah, you know, spend the money. It's it's hard to control who we love, um, but we can control the choices we make afterward. Um, you may stand to lose a relationship or a job or, you know, a friendship over love. Uh, if that's the case, think hard about which is most important uh, before you act. And that's something that we all have to learn, you know. Think, of, think before we act. Use our pre-medial lobes to dictate our fight or flight responses with these, you know, mates of <laughs> that we find out there, the people we love. Um, another one, if you're feeling mad love symptoms, is uh, decide together how your relationship move forward. I think that's a pretty big, uh, a big deal. Is you know if because it, I mean, you can't just have a one sided relationship. Your your relationship. You know, it may need to change. Um, <clears throat> by telling someone that you love them, you participate in an amazing part of life. It, it takes you so much courage to put yourself out there, and uh, you should be proud of what you accomplished, honestly. It's like, uh, now it's time to decide what will make the happiest going forward, you know? And it's like, yeah, um, because no matter what went down, there's a happy road ahead, you know, if you, I mean, I mean, that's if the other person feels the same way, um, decide, you know, how you want them in your life going forward, you know, um, you could talk about that if you were talking with your significant other, your preferences, your favorites, um, if either of you doesn't want to see the other, you know, that should be 100% respected, you know, if the, if you offended the other person, they didn't feel like that about you, Unfortunately, you have to respect that, and um, I recently uh, learned of a situation that a person was going out with a person, and one of the persons broke up with the other one, and the other one decided to stalk the other one, drive by their house and their kid's house. I was like, geez Louise, you know, you guys are 100 years old, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, if you're continuing or starting a romantic relationship... <laughs> Now is a good time to um, get on the same page because serious feelings are involved. And you don't want to go forward, you know, when you got serious feelings for somebody because it's just not right and you would be miserable. And that would be a one-sided relationship. No fun. Um, and if, you know, and another thing could be, you know, 
uh, move on if you need to, you know, maybe they don't feel that way and they, you know, so you're going to have to move on you know, you deserve to love someone who loves you back. And I've actually been in a relationship where I love the person and they didn't love me back ever. And it was insane. They, they used me and it was the worst feeling ever, but it is what it is. Um, you know, if this person doesn't feel the same, it's okay. So many people have been in exactly the same position that you are now feeling the same things you are right now. Uh, you actually learn so much from experiences with heartbreak. Um, and you'll take the knowledge into your next, you know, relationship and you'll grow. You don't just, you don't mess up again. I mean, you may mess up again in other ways, but you learn from your mistakes and that's what I mean. That's why we should all date several people before we decide to get married. So we really do know what we want because a lot of people don't, they just run out there and get married. And then there's people out there having you know, they marry people to have kids with them, to divorce them, to have lots of money and stuff. You know, they people that's a people make a living on that stuff out there. And I just wanted to say thank you guys for listening. Please follow me. Please share me. I have taken a break trying to get this um, the uh, this podcast together for a second season. It is not easy, and I have reached out to authors, and I'm hitting lots of dead ends and. It's tough, you know, podcasting is tough, but you guys are making it happen for me. This is my second season. I appreciate you, and I'm grateful for each and every one of you. And be living a life that you're proud of. Be out there, be happy. Be in the sunshine, be in the rain. You know, like Charlie Chaplin said, I love walking in the rain because nobody can see my tears. Thank you for listening.